0: Support for this episode of 9 to Thrive HR is brought to you by SAP. As the market leader in enterprise application software, SAP is at the center of today's business and technology revolution. SAP helps you streamline your processes, giving you the ability to use live data to predict customer trends, live and in the moment. To learn more, visit sap.com. Hi everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Nine to Thrive HR, a podcast produced by HCI, where we discuss some of the most pressing issues facing talent management today, and help service ideas and solutions to those problems by speaking to experts and practitioners in the field. My name is Randy Kenny, and I will be your host for today. I'm joined by Carrie Williard, head of global customer education and learning at SAP, and author of Stretch, how to future-proof yourself for tomorrow's workplace. Let's get started with a little more about you, Carrie. Can you tell our audience a little about yourself?
1: Sure. Um so nice to be on this show with you. I really appreciate it. I um, I've been a chief learning officer, a chief talent officer for uh, a long ways of going back for five different companies and uh Um, Before SAP, I was at Sun Microsystems, got a crazy idea to be an entrepreneur and start up a company, and um, that turned out to uh, work out really well, and so sold it to SuccessFactors, and now I'm uh, part of the SuccessFactors family. Uh, Along the way, I uh, I like to write, so I've written not only Stretch, which we're going to get a chance to talk about today, but the 2020 Workplace as well, so... So I like to plan a lot of uh, a lot of things. So uh, hopefully it'll be an interesting conversation.
0: Absolutely, I think it will be. And let's talk a little bit about a stretch in that new book. You talk about tomorrow's workplace. What are some of the biggest differences between the workplace of today or yesterday, for that matter, and that workplace of tomorrow?
1: Well, I think it's going to be defined by quite a few factors. You know, just first off, the increasing pace of change, just as an example. Companies used to stay on the Fortune 500 list 75 years. Today, they stay on it about 15 years on average. So, it, so even our biggest companies are going through tremendous change. And of course, we would feel that at the personal level. Um, I think something really interesting is the, you know, what uh, one author has called the rise of the robots and how much uh, algorithms and robotics are going to play in, in our future. One study said that 47% of jobs are going to have major parts of their jobs replaced by 2020. I mean, that's pretty stunning. So we're going to be working alongside robots in an increasingly complex world. And um, and jobs, as a result, are going to shift and morph to uh, to meet needs, leading to you know, what a lot of people have called the gig economy. So I think those are kind of the big three, the complexity, the, the machines coming into the world, and then um, and the gig economy are going to affect us in a day-to-day basis.
0: And in this world of increasing change, especially change on the day-to-day, busy individuals and organizations can often fall into the trap of focusing on the short-term at the expense of the long-term. What are some strategies for overcoming this in our individual careers?
1: You know, that's a great question because we're getting more and more work put on us as well. I mean, we've become more productive. Most people report longer hours. We're taking shorter vacations. And that's um, you know because we're heads down in our work. Well, one of the things that can happen when we're heads down in our work is that we don't realize that the world is changing around us and that we need to adapt to it. So one of the things that we can do, just in a very practical sense, is look at the goals that you have for the year. And out of the, let's say, five to seven major goals, pick one that you want to make as a developmental goal area so you can learn in this context of your own work. Um, if we are only focused on our work, that's kind of a completion stance or get it done. And the, the bad news about that kind of a stance is that you, you um, end up just learning as accidental but if we pick something as a development goal we might take a course on it or we might read a book or we might go benchmark or get a mentor or a coach and so the real strategy for overcoming kind of the the short-term urgency and immediacy versus long-term is to make a goal around something that you want to learn cuz the reason we call it the book stretch is because if over the uh, over the course of your work period. If you just make little changes constantly, if you're constantly stretching towards a a new goal or a new skill, you'll keep up. But it's the person who's just inundated with the day-to-day and doesn't look around, and doesn't change, that may find themselves in a big gap.
0: And how about on an organizational level?
1: So what can organizations do to make sure they focus on the long-term as well as the short-term? You know, I, I work for a great company that. It does set some big, hairy goals for the long term, and um, and so then you roll that down at organizational levels. Okay, if we're going to get to this much revenue with this much profit in this kind of product areas, how do we do that at each level in the organization? So being clear on a vision and then rolling that down is 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 one of the best ways to to do that at an organizational level, and then begin to make. Choices and decisions that match to
0: that. And Carrie, I'm going to go back to what you mentioned earlier about, you know, robotics and automation. Many roles that companies will be trying to fill in the next five years don't exist today. Uh, similarly, many of the jobs that we have today didn't exist five years ago. What can companies do to better prepare for those kinds of changes that are coming?
1: Yeah, so I think this is a really interesting uh, conundrum for both individuals and companies. Let me start with what's it mean for um, the individuals so and what kinds of jobs are going to be affected. I think a lot of times when we think of robotics, we think of, well, at least I don't have a factory job because the robots are coming for those jobs. The robots are coming after any kind of knowledge job as well that has a lot of uh, procedure. So, uh, 10% of the financial news now is written by an algorithm, and that's estimated to be up to 90% by 2020. Um, I think of a pharmacist, think of software coders, and you would think, wow, if there's going to be more computers and algorithms, why wouldn't there be more software coders? It's because the machines are getting so smart, they write their own code. Um, And so, when you look at what Watson is doing, Watson competes against Watson to learn, So the machines are learning from themselves. Um, And if machines are learning from themselves, then organizations and and people ought to be able to learn from themselves as well. So what can companies do to to better prepare for the changes ahead? Um, For one thing, I think we need to really assess our skills in the workplace and understand uh, across the extended enterprise, not just our employees. But how we get done work through our suppliers, our contractors, our flexible labor, um, what the skills are that we have access to, and, and project what we think we're going to need. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, today um, – oh, well, I'll just I'll give you a guess. Do you have any idea what the number one search on LinkedIn is for jobs by recruiters?
0: You know, I don't know if I could hazard a guess at that. I'm really not sure. Is it something STEM-related? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's a data scientist. Okay. So I think we end up with a big data science gap because it was a job that didn't exist five years ago. Um, and so how do we prepare for the changes ahead? Kind of looking ahead to project where are we going to need um, skills? And then secondly, whenever there's been a big shift in technology, one of the things that companies do is prepare their own curriculum or work with people to prepare curriculum to get get ready for that. So it's too late to wait for universities to graduate data scientists. The need is today. So they must assume some responsibility for developing curriculum or getting access to curriculum to prepare people rapidly. So I think rapid development is going to be on the minds of a lot of companies going forward. Maybe one other reason that rapid development is is really important is we have uh, today 11,000 people in the U.S. a day turn 65. And when you look at the generation behind the baby boomers, the Gen X, they're a small generation. So every baby boomer exiting, even though some are going to work longer, but everyone leaving, uh, their jobs can't be given all to Gen Xers because there's not enough of them. So they go to millennials. So now millennials are going to step into big jobs earlier than we've been doing for a while. Uh, So we we have to help the millennials develop more rapidly as well. I think being aware of these big trends and starting to develop our human capital plans and strategies is one of the biggest things organizations can do.
0: Let's uh, think about our HCI podcast listeners, the HR professionals that are tuning in. If you could give those folks one tip, one thing they could start doing differently today to better themselves for the future, what might that be?
1: You know, we did an an enormous amount of research for the book Stretch. My co-author is Barbara Mystic. She's a college president. And we reviewed over 1,000 studies. We ran a global survey with SAP and uh, came up with five practices. And then we designed a lot of tips to go with each of those practices. But the number one practice out of five was build a diverse network. What people told us when we said, how do you stay current, was I hang around smart people. So the most important thing to do is hang around smart people because this little tribe, your guild, can help you stay current. So here's the specific tip. Find five to thrive. And that is find five people who, when you're with them, they just make you better at what your work is. They give you ideas. They catch you up to date on things they've been reading. They they're networked, and so they know other smart people. And so, have you heard about this or that that's coming up? Um, and and they motivate you when you're in the dumps. So this isn't like a like a personal board of directors. These are just five people that you can count on to help you stay current. And the and the trick is make sure they're on your calendar at least once a quarter. When I looked at my five to thrive, I wasn't getting them on my calendar enough because other people were consuming my calendar. So, um, so my one tip is find five to thrive and then spend time with them.
0: I think that's great advice. Networking is so important and maybe some of our... Podcast listeners can find their five to thrive on nine to thrive. We'll keep our fingers crossed for that. Thank you so much, Carrie, yeah, for absolutely uh, for taking the time to join us, especially in your busy new role, and talk a little bit about the future of the workforce. We appreciate you being here to do that today.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: We also want to thank all of you tuning in and encourage you to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed what you heard. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Smart Radio, and on the YouTube channel HCI Talent. Lastly, one more big thank you goes to SAP. Without their generous support, HCI couldn't deliver great content like this. If you're interested in learning more about what we discussed in today's episode, you can find more resources at hci.org. For 93HR and all of HCI, this is Randy Kenny.